Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is October 22nd, and we are back, Matt. We've got a recap. This is, yeah, I mean, this is the first recap in a while, right? So I think... <laughs> I love how you had nothing to say today. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a recap. Yes. Uh, uh. <laughs> this is first recap in a while. I don't think we want to... I think the last time we recapped was during Pepe. <laughs> um, so uh oh what I, a great time honestly, honestly we could do we could do the full like three or four months recap or we could just do the last week and they look pretty much the same yeah they're yeah <laughs> just about i would say <laughs> it's pretty happen. interesting yeah it's a pretty interesting like mark where like pepe and the whole like meme coin run that happened right after pepe was clearly the kind of, uh, I don't know, watershed moment of this year. Whereas, like, that is clearly where all the action was, where all the liquidity went, where, who knows, it might have been, like, a money laundering scheme from a few people who rugged a, a DAO a couple of years ago. Nobody really knows. Um, Wait, is that is that but, is that a theory? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah, that is a money laundering scheme for uh, Sisyphus and all the guys, or the, well, apparently just him, and a, a <laughs> bunch of people who are, like, laundering the money from Anubis, Anubis Dow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was Anubis, do, do you know? Anubis Dow, it was, like, an ohm fork, um, and uh, <laughs> apparently Sisyphus stole the 60 mil uh that people put into the into the protocol uh so somebody like did <laughs> yeah just rug, yeah um, they said it was like hacked. it was hacked or like stolen or whatever but yeah this is definitely rugged um and then there is like basically it's either sissy foos or this guy beerus i guess beerus i don't know how you say it but he is like this uh billy this like billionaire's kid from hong kong um, they were like working on Anubis together, and then they basically both say the other person stole the sixty mil. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, um, and then there's this whole thing recently uh, about uh, I put it in the newsletter. Actually, plug plug the newsletter again, but. Uh, yeah, about how a lot of the funds are like tracked back, traced back to the Anubis rug, which are like linked to Sisyphus, which are then linked to like Pepe and like a lot of the money that was pumped into Pepe. Uh, it's like pump it so high and like all this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> super interesting. <laughs> but, uh, wow. but yeah, so like the whole point was <laughs> there's a very clear kind of mark, uh, you know, with what happened with Pepe, a whole like meme coin run after, and then not that much activity the whole rest of the year. There was like yeah, the early like pump. A little bit of ordinary. Yeah, yeah. So there's like the early pump in January with like Bitcoin and a bunch of other stuff just going ham in January, Canto. February. Uh, <laughs> Canto. Um, and then, yeah, ordinals came out then. There was like another ordinals run in like June, right after the meme coin run. But that was kind of a continuation of the meme meme coin run, honestly. Um, yeah. And then it's been pretty quiet. There's just been rumors of ETF and uh, yeah, not that much else. 
Yeah, speaking of ETF rumors. <laughs> yeah, speaking of ETF rumors. Uh, I don't even know what to say about this one. Like Cointelegraph. I don't know <laughs> who in their right uh, like state of mind thought that Cointelegraph was going to be the one. Who follows Cointelegraph? <laughs> yeah, especially for actual news market breaking news yeah <laughs> like um, market moving news at cointelegraph i mean like cointelegraph is like if you pull up their website right now like they're they still have illustrated uh like photos for every single story and it looks like a clickbait are, website yeah it's so bad it looks like it looks like early buzzfeed maybe <laughs> um a lot of the photos are like anthropomorphized coins where the coins walking around with like hands. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> somehow they got the alpha that the ETF was the, did they say the BlackRock one was approved? The iShares. Yeah. BlackRock iShares. iShares yeah. Bitcoin ETF. And it turns out it was, according to them, it was an intern that tweeted it. And everybody on the like editor team basically had to decide, are we going to let this go to print or like, do we need to like verify it? And it's like, well, if it's this big, we probably need to just like print it, right? So that we can be the first to break the story without actually <laughs> checking why they would be the first to break the story. Um and so, uh, so they, so they, I think leaked it. And then it's a really interesting thing, like the TradFi media, like Bloomberg picks up on stories super automatically. Like they just have this like automated scraper that pulls out everything that comes out of like some pretty trash sources, but you know, Cointelegraph, you don't think of as like a really bad place to get crypto news. Right. Mm. Um, it's just like Not the like, worst. Yeah, like when you Google something, you're looking for like the link from Blockworks or maybe Decrypt, right? But you're never really looking mm -hmm. for like the, the Cointelegraph link to like learn about the story. Um, anyway, uh, but with the Bloomberg terminal, all of the headlines show up the same. Like they're all sort of given like the same like level of, you know, they, they have the same font size. They have the same font weight. There's no like indicator of like, this is a really big story. You should definitely like click this one. Um, and the mm. only way I'm believing that you know that like a big story is breaking is when you see like two or three or four sources talking about the same thing and then you just click one of them. And so, <laughs> and so some of the early screenshots I, I saw were like of Bloomberg automatically taking the Cointelegraph tweet and like generating the little Bloomberg snippet story as a result of it, which was hilarious. Um, and then the the market pumped on it. Um, yeah, the market went pretty pretty crazy on it, which was, I mean, the most telling <laughs> thing, right? Which is, it's just like in in one like in one sense, it's like the market is very immature still. I guess I don't know if you would call it immature, or like what you would call it, like inefficient. But on the other hand, it's like, well, I guess there is a ton of money just waiting, like, sidelined for something like this to actually hit. Uh, I mean, where I, I, if, actually, I see it as, like, being hyper-efficient, right? Um, okay, think about, think about what happens from the moment that that story gets played, right? A few people start buying. And, yeah, you're right. There's definitely a ton of money sidelined waiting for, like, an ETF approval just in case, right? Um 
And then at that point, like all sorts of bots start to see buy orders flooding the order books and they start just automatically adjusting their selling price higher and higher and higher. Um, and then everybody that sees that that's running an automated bot on the buy side is also like crossing the spread now to get to like whatever the fair price appears to be, which is the, you know, the higher sale price. Um, so you could almost argue that like in the ability for this to like price in and then price out so quickly, that's almost the most efficient market, right? Yeah, but the news is so clearly not real for anybody <laughs> who's like, who has any sense at all. Like, <laughs> it, like I don't know, I don't know who thought who in their right mind. Like, basically, the people that I saw on Twitter and in my Telegram chats that were basically saying like, "Holy shit, this is like, this is you know, it finally happened." Whatever, like, were the most normie people that I know. Um, it was not I mean, like yeah. crypto people that were calling <laughs> this out and saying like, "Holy shit, the fucking ETF is finally here." Um, so I, in that sense, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe you see some, you see some buying and then, yeah, a bunch of bots adjust accordingly. But like, it's not like this was a real source of alpha to act on. <laughs> um, I mean, it's interesting. Here's a good point. Everyone I know that sent like a screenshot of it that was informed had like, it, it was it was next to a little comment like, "Is this real?" <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't see anyone send it to a group chat. Like, wow, everybody that sent it to me was like, "Is this, are, is this a real thing?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I actually feel like most big stories when they do happen are also sent to me that way. Like, people will text me like, "Is this real?" <laughs> and mm -hmm. even when it is yeah. real, like that that's how you approach it. Um, anyway. The more interesting thing is that, of course, after the retrace, we continued pumping. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah? That was quite interesting. Like... <laughs> now it's now it's coming. Now it's basically everybody having the exact same thought pattern as us right now. It's like, oh wait, holy shit! There was a fake ETF rumor. Price went up. Everybody's waiting for the actual ETF. That means it's not priced in. That means I need to buy now. <laughs> so maybe um, in 30K it is priced in. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there were similar things that happened with the with the merge, right? Where it was like, okay, everyone knows when the merge is. The merge is already priced in. But we still kind of pumped into that. But only on, yeah, like little news, like the merge might be delayed. And then, whoa, 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 mm -hmm. the merge, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the the thought that like it might be delayed made everyone pay attention to like, oh, shit, the merge isn't priced in yet. I should buy mm -hmm. some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, though. Definitely like a welcome bit of price action. I feel like I feel like across my my timeline, uh, across most of Twitter, like it feels like people are finally a little bit happy again. Um, mm -hmm. And no one's really like you know, cheering too loudly other than maybe like the Solana people. It just feels like the vibes <laughs> shifted more positive, which which is nice to see. Yeah. Uh speaking of Solana, should we hit Solana <laughs> real quick? Uh yeah, yeah. I know it's not on the agenda, but it's been pumping so hard lately. I feel like 
I've been getting texts from people I don't normally get texts from about Solana. <laughs> uh, wow, what's going on with Solana? Uh, so what is going on with Solana, Matt? Why is it pumping so hard? Gosh, <laughs> no fucking idea. I think, um, <laughs> you know, to a degree, like in crypto, a lot of times the the things that move the most are the things that are going to continue moving the most, right? So I, I've seen like a lot of people say, look, this little rally that we're seeing right now on the basis of like the ETF and then the ETF rumor and then, you know, trying to preposition for that probably won't be sustained. Mm -hmm. Like monetary policy is still kind of is where it is. The economy mm -hmm. still is where it is. Like people don't have that much liquidity ready to throw into crypto. So, you know, this is probably going to be like a short term pump. But mm -hmm. pay attention because the stuff that's pumping now is like probably stuff that's going to pump the hardest when it is real and sustained. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that to a degree is definitely soul. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, was it your take? It was going to go to a dollar this year. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I still haven't hit my $4 target on AVAX either. Uh, but that looked like it could really happen for a while, right? <laughs> like following FTX, I, do you think maybe FTX clarity is causing people to like feel like, okay, it's not so bad. We're actually going to send Sam to jail. He didn't talk too much about like, like no one has talked too loudly about like, it was us that pumped soul, right? <laughs> um, yeah, like, nobody's really saying that. I mean, I, I do think like, so to me, to me, just just for the record here, my 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 take was sold to a dollar and then it pumps very hard. But uh, that aside, <laughs> uh, there is there is a lot of liquidity coming in. I think from like basically the FTX estate uh, having all of these tokens distributed out, um, and then like presumably they're going to be sold. So I think that's a lot of that is getting distributed out in Q four. Um, so, so that's, yeah, people, people are somewhat concerned about that too, but I've heard a really good take, which is that like, it's, it might be a bullish un unlock, right? <laughs> Where, um, you have a lot of crypto people and most of the people that have been dragged through this far still want to buy crypto, right? They mm -hmm. just like want yeah. that liquidity back to start gambling again. Right. Yeah. Um, and most people are not going to like immediately disgustedly sell at these prices, you know, whatever assets they have. The, the bigger question is what about the like 13% or whatever that's still locked? Does Where that get enough held by who held by FTX, right? Um, or FTX ventures or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, on one hand, that's a little awful, like for, you know, for the price to like, have someone that holds 13% of this thing and know that they're going to be a fourth seller like over time. Right. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if it unlocks linearly, then like, honestly, that might be better than many other 2021 coins where, yeah, like, definitely. you know, like it all unlocks at the same time. And then it's like a, a game of like chicken, just waiting to see who's going to, who's going to dump first. Right. Mm. Um, so, you know, to a degree, maybe FTX is still a bullish thing for Seoul. Wow. I mean, no one's using Did the network either, out which is that. bullish too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have things actually changed from a usage perspective or 
wallet increased? <laughs> like, are we seeing that or anything like that? Or is it just kind of speculation or? What's I mean, the, I think the, the I think the best tweet I saw, you know how people like they, they see soul pumping and then they want to buy like soul, soul aligned tokens or like tokens for projects mm-hmm. on soul. Like, Mm. <laughs> the funniest take I saw was, look, the only SPL token worth buying is literally Bonk. And I can't <laughs> Oh, God. Bonk. What a dis- yeah. disgusting coin. Um, the network. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In a way, it did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, the thing is, like, anytime I see, I see this stuff, it's like, I just don't see TVL increasing. I don't see actual usage. I, I do see some like random cool apps like all the time on build like built on Soul. Like I do see that quite a bit. Um, just like scrolling through Twitter and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if anybody's using them. Um, I mean, the tech yeah, is really good, so, right? Yeah. And- yeah. The other, the only other like player I can think of where that's the first thing you say about them is Near, right? And they really mm. don't have TVL or users or adoption. Like at least Soul has like has Mindshare, right? Um, mm. And you could see something really cool getting built there. What like, about BNB? I want to make Giga bullish on BNB. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but I'm also long term very bullish on Soul. Like I think it's really really good. Um, like for remember the first I mean, yeah, time you tech wise, Soul? yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, it was kind of magical. It was really cool. You were like, I didn't realize it could be this good. You know, you, you loaded up your yeah, Phantom yeah. wallet. You went and like played around with an app, and you're like, holy shit! It, it the fucking transaction settled, and it cost me what? It cost me nothing. It's yeah, Solana cool. is the best best experience in crypto by far. There's no nothing even close, I would say. Um, but it has terrible at value the same curl, time. If that matters, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know about the value curl of the actual token itself, but yeah, again, like people just buy these things because they're just bullish on the network, and they're like, oh yeah, Solana's great. Buy Sol. Yeah, I mean, look, let's look at Bitcoin. Right, there's no, <laughs> you know. What's what are the tokenomics that drive a value of a Bitcoin? <laughs> like, no, you know, the Bitcoin <laughs> tokenomics are great. It's just extreme <laughs> scarcity. Um, like they're the opposite of Soul. Soul just has high distribution. <laughs> it does not have any kind of scarcity built in, and you don't even have any kind of. Uh, it doesn't even have any kind of utility because it. it well, it does obviously it does have utility as a gas token, but it's like the utilities in the actual you know gas fees and the gas fees are so low that you just don't need to hold it as a gas token Um, yeah yeah so i guess that's what i meant is like so with ether we're really holding it as a gas token and as a unit of account and like the it's very money right like with bitcoin it's it's also that but we don't even have to fucking go through the mental gymnastics of like how much demand there's going to be for network activity, blah, blah, blah. It can just be scarce. Like that, it's yeah, like yeah. pretty straightforward. With Sol, there is no scarcity, right? There is no need to hold it as a gas token. There's very limited moneyness. But it might still go up. You know what I mean? Like maybe we're overthinking yeah. this. No, I definitely think so. Um, I, I do think it'll go up. Uh, I think it'll probably outperform most tokens too. I just don't 
really know why. Um, like I, I'm, I'm stating this as a fact that I, I like I know it's going to do very well, but I really just don't understand why. It's like I tweeted out this the I tweeted this the other day where it was like Solana's. Somebody said Solana's the new Cardano, and I was yeah. like, I was like rejecting it. It's like, oh god, that's just terrible for the network. But then I was like looking at the price of Cardano. I was like, oh wait, that's actually great for the network. I like, it did a thirty x in twenty twenty one. So. Uh, yeah, that's actually it's actually quite <laughs> bullish. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was Jesus, so, wasn't it? He he was like, I refuse to hold this fucking token uh, because it's basically just Cardano fanboys, but like a little techier. <laughs> that's the soul. Yeah, fanboys. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that might be really bullish, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cardano went crazy. Um, <clears throat> Like yeah, I could definitely see Soul doing the same thing this cycle. Like, <laughs> even if nobody's using it, just like Cardano, it's like even if there is no actual uh even if there is no actual tech um or usage, right? Like I mean yeah, yeah Cardano was bullish because they never released anything. That was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like that is the number one story of like don't ship. Like shipping is like the mm-hmm. most bearish thing you can do. Like just mm-hmm. tease. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and uh yeah i mean they also they knew their with cardano like their relationship to retail was very much like a buying the token kind of relationship and it, and it was never really like about users right well right. the way that we talk about users in solana or polygon or ether or right or, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, right like um with with cardano it's like you should you know top five reasons why you might want to buy this token right um most people yeah. find out about it from YouTube. Most people don't probably don't know how, what wallet even to use with Cardano. Maybe Soul can become that. That would be really cool. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Uh, it's a great thing to. I mean, to be able to draw in, like, um, you know, to draw in like shameless, sh- to like be able to like shamelessly shill into retail. Like, that's a great thing for any network. Hmm. <laughs> without expecting them to like actually like take up adoption of the network itself yeah yeah i see i see hmm. yeah speaking of fair. Soul, how about soul 2.0 yeah what is soul 2.0 they're just dropping the beta they're then like adopting this like fire dancer rpc network like, what oh, is dude, that i was just i was ta- i was just talking about aftos <laughs> oh you're talking about aftos there was some, somebody was actually talking about a soul 2.0 rebrand mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't see that i, like like, that. I mean obviously yeah, it's yeah. fucking shown by jump if, if anyone's mentioning fire dancer it's, it's definitely a jump yeah. thing but yeah, um yeah. what's well, made by jump right fire dancer yeah yeah exactly so yeah. you know nobody like tweets about fire dancer because like the, for the same reason nobody tweets about like the you know what a, nine other pieces of tech the power sauna right they're just tech mm-hmm. right um but fire dancer itself gets gets a little bit more um vocalization because because it's built by jump right um mm. anyway aptos um what the fuck happened <laughs> i was I was just talking to one of the guys who built the biggest wallet in Aptos. And I was like, and he's really? like, you think it comes back? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you think it comes back? <laughs> um, uh, uh, I mean, come, come back from what? Like, where, where was it? <laughs> dude, it was a little mini season. Did I tell you about the, uh, uh, the guy 
that I know who like got into Aptos NFTs? I mean, I also know a guy who's in Aptos NFTs. He built an Aptos <laughs> mar- NFT marketplace or something. Um, and then he went to Ordinals, funny enough. But uh, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, actually I do remember this Aptos mini season. Dude, I think if Aptos manages to catch any users or, or even like a narrative at all, like I think people want to invest in it. Like I, I think it could do well. Um, same with same with Sui, right? Like people are just looking for a reason. Like we're all looking for a reason to like want these things, but they just can't. That is true. If there are, yeah, I mean, if there are interesting apps that get built on each of these networks that are like unique and like you know, like distinguish the network, I would definitely use them. Um, I mean, if it's even, all just like one, right? Like FriendTech, right? FriendTech yeah. really solidified yeah, base I mean. as a network to care yeah. about, right? Like yeah, you yeah. just need one. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but if it's all just like, oh, we have our own 10K PFP collection now, it's like, okay, honestly. <laughs> the Apto Flam- Aptos Flamingos, the Apto Mingos. The Apto Flamingos. <laughs> I saw there was like a, a few on Sui too. Um, there's like a right, funnies yeah, right, or right. fatties or something like that. I was like, are you what? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so bad. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's wild. You get like copy paste, like something swap to swap the like two tokens that exist on, on these networks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's all just copy um, pastas of like random DeFi protocols. And they're just yeah. exchanging random tokens that nobody cares about. Yeah. But there's not even that many, you know, in these earlier like uh, yeah. in, in the in these earlier networks, there were like three tokens. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of like late 2021 when you're like, is this gonna be the next thing? Should I figure out what this token does? And then mm-hmm. kind of like we never thought about those again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, Aptos turned off, right? How long was it off for? Yeah, like five hours. Five um, hours. That's why it's that's why it's Solana two point Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, I was gonna ask you, what is the actual reason? Do we know now, like that it actually turned off? Like what actually happened? Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I didn't look into it too deeply. The thing is, yeah. like, on a lot of these networks, like their box was zero transactions. Like you go to the box scanner, it's just like zero transactions, zero transactions. Especially in like the smaller L2s or like, you know, the really weird niche stuff. Like people are still running validators because they get inflationary token supply. That's about it, right? Um, and I think it's probably expensive to run an Aptos validator. Uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking like, what's the difference between a chain halting and like <laughs> a whole bunch of zero transaction blocks philosophically? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's true. I guess, like, a chain halt, it depends why the chain halted, right? Um, but, like, if it had something to do with, like, <laughs> the AWS outage, outage. No, I think it, if it had something to do with, like, a reorg or, like, something malicious, that is obviously different. Uh, yeah, I don't know why else. Yeah, I mean... Thinking about like what even is malicious, right? It would be like a double spend, right? And right. 
Yeah. For a lot of these networks, it's kind of like, when you think about a double spend, you have to have something of value that's being exchanged for the token. Mm-hmm. And so USDC on Aptos, like, I don't think it would be, I, I don't think there's any centralized exchange that, that's going to credit you for like spending it, you know, sending it to them and then like trying to send mm. it also to another exchange or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably just tech. It, it was probably like someone had an issue syncing like a, a block timestamp for, you know. Um, mm. But I do think, look, it's good press. You know, like, you got, uh, like we're sitting here talking about Aptos. We haven't talked about Aptos in, in a while. Um, yeah. At least we're thinking about it. I mean, true that. <laughs> um, okay, another... New networks, uh, no activity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, Scroll. Scroll just launched. Um, Scroll just launched their mainnet. Uh, you said you were just looking at the DeFi Llama. You said 9 mil in TVL so far. A cool 9.06 mil. Nice. What are the top apps on there? Oh, man. You just wait. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, with a massive dominance of uh, 30 plus percent, uh, we have KyberSwap. KyberSwap nice. is live on 16 chains. Nice. <laughs> That's fucking nice. strategy, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. We're, we're talking the new about... sushi swap. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. We, we were talking in Polygon about like when chain developers because we're launching all these layer twos, right? Like uh, when developers for the L twos ask us for intros, like how do we figure out who to introduce them to and who not to introduce them to? Because we can't just be mm. like bothering every like if you're like an app that has like a small multi-chain strategy like a uniswap mm-hmm. or whoever like we don't want to be sending them nine million emails like hey can you meet this next l2 that's like you know doing it their best at like becoming the next game chain or whatever right like um yeah uh so there's an interesting strategy on the builder side which is like do i try to concentrate liquidity like does my model need concentrated liquidity on like one chain in particular or do I like try to concentrate users because I need that? Um, mm. Or do I go as broadly multi-chain as possible because I don't give a shit about having a deployment that has $3 million. It's $3 million more than I had before. Yeah, yeah. Why, like, why would you go one strategy or the other? Like, why would your model need to either like stay with a single chain approach or like, why would it be more flexible? Like what, you know, like what, what are your considerations there? That's a good question. I, I think it's marketing primarily. Uh, so like, you don't want to like cheapen your brand by having it live on everyone and their mother's new chain. Right. Um, Kyberswap yeah. is a great example. They're just shameless, mm-hmm. right? Like they've gone, they've made their, their choice. And if you ask them mm-hmm. the way that they would describe it is probably something like, we believe the future is super multi-chain. We believe L2s mm-hmm. are going to power like an enormous amount of block space. And that's what's actually going to lead us to like mass adoption of this tech. And so we want to be out there providing a service, a trusted, you know, smart contract and front end and whatever for users, no matter what chain they're on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we're going to build our brand is like, no matter where you go, you go to KyberSwap. Um mm. 
versus like i don't know last cycle it was so different you know you you'd get to the like DeFi llama was a resource because you would like bridge to a new chain and you'd be like okay what the fuck do i do here right yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. like first i need to swap some stuff right uh like where do i swap and like DeFi llama was where you would go to like figure out like where liquidity lived um mm-hmm. And so for a lot of new chains, they might launch with two or three, you know, partners that are like primarily betting on them as like blowing up as a big chain um, and just want to bet on like a single chain. Uh, but they might also be down to like try and source some liquidity from KyberSwap because Ky- KyberSwap has, you know, a certain amount of LPs that are probably just LPing USDC, USDT on every chain to try to collect the airdrop, right? Um, so mm. it's like any new chain that launches, if KyberSwap's there, you already know their smart contracts are good. You're just going to deploy your USDC, USDT there um, and try to mm. just farm as much as possible. Um, mm. It's pretty interesting. Uh, so anyway, so let's say, <laughs> yeah, so, okay, let's say you are a scroll, right? And like you want to basically like you're a new chain. You're in a like super, super competitive space um, where literally everybody is the exact same like it has yeah, the exact I mean, same sure. product. Like, yeah, like yeah. How, how how would you go about like growing TVL on your network? Like, what exactly do you have in your toolkit? Like, what can you do? How do you incentivize builders? Like, what do you what are you exactly like gonna do as scroll? Really, like this applies to any any new network. Yeah, I mean, as a new network, you have a token. <laughs> or, you know, if you're Scroll, and this yeah. is what's honestly well, so great. Hmm? Scroll doesn't have it live, the token live yet, right? Yeah, this is what's so great about launching an L2, is that, like, mm-hmm. you don't even need your token live. Like, we used to have this, like, setup where people would send money in exchange for a token with the promise of building something later. Now we have mm-hmm. the complete opposite setup, where it's, like, no, you don't have to send any money to scroll to use it. You don't get any tokens in return for using it necessarily. But the product, basically, the product goes live, and then the token happens, right? Um, yeah. There was obviously yeah. a bunch of VC fundraising along the way, um, mm-hmm. but uh, the promise of an airdrop is, is like pretty good, right? And mm-hmm. the rumors of an airdrop are even better. The actual airdrop itself is okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, you either have to be like really like you, you have to you have to choose your strategy one way or the other. Are you going to consistently try to tease the airdrop the way that Arbitrum did, which I think was largely very successful? Or are you going to mm-hmm. be like super straightforward about like you have blur points? Right. Which was also super successful. <laughs> like mm-hmm. here's how, you know, you can see exactly in real time how many points you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. Anything in the middle is like a, a little trickier. Right. Um and how are like the teams there? Like the if you're a team and you get like X amount of TVL, you're just you're assuming like you're gonna get whatever some kind of uh, large airdrop similar to if you're a user, you know, you have X amount of activity, you're gonna you're gonna get some kind of airdrop. I mean, I think for users primarily, that's that's what's up with with the airdrop, you know, incentivization, right? Like they're the ones you're really targeting, but. Yeah, I mean, why not, you know, also airdrop to some teams? Like, Celestia had this really weird thing where, like, if you committed to any... We should probably talk about the Celestia airdrop, too. (laughs) Um, Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, Where, like, if you committed to any, like, GitHub repo that was, like, under the, the, like, large selection of repos that they had, and you, like, verified Mm -hmm. with GitHub, then you could claim Mm -hmm. your tokens. 
um, mm. as like a contributor to open source like crypto development, which is pretty sick. Interesting. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, like yeah, so you know, with stuff like that, you could have you could imagine. Okay, we're going to give some percentage of the airdrop to these guys, some percentage of the airdrop to those guys. On Arbitrum, you have this other weird thing. Actually, you know more about this than I do. Um, where like you just have builders that are like, we want tokens. We will either build here or we'll continue building here or we'll deploy our next thing here or whatever in exchange for the tokens. Put it up to a governance vote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think once you go live with a token, you kind of have to do that, right? Uh, as a DAO, yeah. like that, that becomes the, the farming mechanism. Um, yeah. But before going so live, you have flexibility. Yeah, so basically it is incentives though. Like some yeah. kind of token incentives, featured token incentives, airdrop, like whatever it is. Um, okay. How yeah, would you do it without um, incentives? Is there any way you can think of? Like, uh, how would you do it without builders? incentives? Uh, you know, equity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, like, it's got to be community, right? Uh, but I think for someone like scroll, it's too late. Like, you, you know, it's, it's not a community vibe. It's like a pretty like copy paste. I mean, okay. Can we just talk for a second? I love scrolls branding. It's so good. Mm. Um, scroll. Uh, did you see the, like scroll is live tweet on, on Twitter? It was like this really cute little gif where it's a keyboard and it has like a control C key and a control V key and a scroll key. <laughs> mm. <laughs> And it's all about how, you know, their, their whole angle is like, we're more Ethereum, we're more EVM equivalent than the other guys, whatever, whatever that means. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and like genuinely there's a difference and there's some lower quality EV, ZK EVMs. Uh, but most of the big ones are like pretty much built on each other's code bases anyway. Like they're not that different. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, you know, any builder that could copy paste their app and deploy it on ZK Sync or Z- Polygon ZK VM or Scroll, like it's it's working across the board. But their branding mm-hmm. is very much like we are more like Ethereum than the other guys. So look, mm-hmm. we're gonna really emphasize that you can just copy paste your code and deploy it here, and it'll run more cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. People just don't care about the tech. Um, how else do you incentivize yeah. builders? Gosh, it's hard. I mean, I think I think a lot of the ways it works at like a lot of networks is like someone knows someone that worked at the place. And so you can like, I mean, yeah. you know, if you look at like Aave, for example, right? It was very clear that like the places that they chose to deploy sooner rather than later were probably like relationship driven and like handshake mm-hmm. agreements and some kind of like token. Incentive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. If you have something a little more community driven, something that feels more like a canto, I feel like you could maybe attract builders that way. Um, but builders are used to being spoiled. Like the, you know, this is like core like twenty, you know, twenty fourteen Web two vibes, right? Where like you have a builder and they're like, everyone should be courting me, right? Um, like there should be hackathons sponsored by whatever protocol yeah, yeah, yeah. consider building there, right? Um, right. Like, dude, I thought, like, Cockathon sponsorships were, like, shameless, like, just, like, cash prizes, whatever, in Web2, mm-hmm. but, dude, in crypto, <laughs> I mean, everything is financialized even more, right? So, like, you show up to a crypto hackathon, it's like, okay, does anyone know what the prize bounties are for each of these, like, tasks, right? 
Um, so it winds up being just very monetary all, all the way down. Um, I only see. Bitcoin yeah. development is really community driven, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe That's why there is no such thing as Bitcoin development. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what that TVL number looks like in, I don't know, a couple of months. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's tough, his, his... You launch at a time in a bear market with nothing to fucking do, nothing to build. It's like, what are you going to fight over the Kyber swaps of the world? Like, eh. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for these new chains, like the only way I see for them, any, any chain to stand out, whether it's an L1 or an L2, is like they need, yeah, like you said, they need their own killer app. They need their own version of friend tech, which is going to bring people from outside rather than the same like 2000 DeFi farmers that still exist that are just hopping chain to chain, just moving their liquidity, farming airdrops and, then, you know, going to the next one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you need to like incubate that somehow. I don't know how base was able to get friend tech uh, as a, from what I've heard from the team and uh, other people that are close to it, like that kind of came to them as a surprise. Uh, mm. Kind of just fell into their lap. Um, That's but, cool. Uh, yeah, I know how good for them. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think like that's the way to do it. Like incubate that somehow, uh, get like grassroots. Uh, yeah, as as kind of like mercenary as it is, like I do think like if you do it the right way, hackathons like that can be pretty useful. But Look, uh, hackathons are, are not bad at all, right? Um, <laughs> the um, the especially if you go techy, right? If you go like real technical, mm. like I want you, I need you to use this particular piece of like the SDK in a creative yeah, way, yeah. right? Then yeah. then you get some interesting stuff. Um, mm. Honestly, this is a bigger conversation around DevRel. Right, like how do you do DevRel correctly? Mm. We should bring mm. someone in who's done like a really good job there. Oh yeah, that's a good call. That is a good idea. Uh, if any uh, of our listeners have a suggestion, let, let us know. Yes, DevRel stands for Developer Relations. <laughs> um, okay, um, cool. Uh, oh, final thing. All right, Uniswap implementing the fee switch finally. Dude, wow, amazing. But not quite. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, Finally, right? Um, but uh, yeah, the fee switch of 0.15% uh, transaction fee on all trades that go through their front end. Um, but all of those fees go back to Uniswap Labs, like the basically mm-hmm. just like the protocol. The DAO. Um, Wait. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, then the not now. Uh, the, the team. Uh, yeah, goes Hayden. directly back to the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hayden's wallet. Um. So yeah, people are pissed about this. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Everyone's pissed I don't, <laughs> This pisses yeah. off users. This pisses off uni holders. This pisses off everyone. <laughs> Yeah, and they're not doing that I mean, much. They don't have money, right? Like it was like thirty mil a year is the like if you annualize what they've done in the first week or two. Uh, in revenue, yeah, or in yeah, um, in revenue to Uniswap Labs. So that's the fifteen basis points part. Um, 
which is like i don't know maybe worth it for the eventual like bull market um yeah i mean let's say like optimistically that like 10x is um I mean, that is a very high, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know what their costs are like as a business, but, uh, well, like yeah, $300 I mean, million dollars in revenues. What are the, so. Yeah, what are the primary offexes of Uniswap Labs? It's running the front end. Okay, running the front end is probably very expensive, honestly. Like, yeah, so yeah. You, you probably, but the DAO can give them tokens to sell to zero mm, <laughs> to fund yeah, that. Yeah, true. <laughs> right? um, true, true. <laughs> Uh, they probably just like ask for a DAO allocation of tokens. Um, mm. But anyway, what else are the expenses? Throwing parties? I don't think Uniswap really throws parties. Um, mm. Everyone just kind of uses them. They don't. Yeah, they don't seem like the type. I mean, for convenience, um, like people are still going to be down to use the Uniswap front end, right? Like, yeah. For most, yeah, people, people still will. Yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know. Um, okay, I do think a lot of it will... It. Yeah, I mean, I do think a lot of it will still go through, like, other, like, routers or whatever, you know, like, um, other, like, like convenient front ends. Yeah, well, yeah, like a one-inch type thing and also, like, a, yeah, like a, a bot type front end or something that basically uh, both removes that fee and also is more convenient than directly like interacting Unibot? with a Uniswap. Yeah, like Unibot. I mean, Unibot just got 15 bucks cheaper, right? Like, uh, still expensive, right? Isn't it like 10? I think it's like 1%. 1%. Yeah, it's <laughs> very expensive. Now it's only 85 basis points above. Yeah, exactly. But that shows you, right? Like, in this environment, like, they probably looked, they were like, yo, people, what the fuck? Unibot can charge 1% and we're not charging yeah, anything. Exactly. People can, yeah, people will pay. Yeah. And I mean, look yeah, at Metamask. People complain, but like they will tips, also pay. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And like, I'm too lazy to fucking try to figure out which Uniswap front end I should trust. Mm-hmm. I guess one inch yeah. would be the one that you use now, but I'm basically yeah. asking too lazy to turn a fucking VPN, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Uniswap, Uniswap Labs' biggest asset on their balance sheet is the domain name, right? It's that trust yeah. of like, I'm just going to go to Uniswap.org. I know what I'm getting. I'm not going to connect my wallet yeah. to anything weird. Like, I'm going to trust it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Their brand is is very valuable. Yeah. But do you think, uh, I mean, so this kind of is, I think you've said it right. People will complain, but they'll pay. Like, uh, do you think this pisses people off in a way that's worth it at 30 to 50 mil? Um, no, I I mean, yeah, I think it's a small number, right? Like, I I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was worth the, the, the kerfuffle. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, they have no other way to generate revenue as a business. So yeah, and if they're taking on I the mean, legal guess, liability of operating the front end, maybe they should get fucking paid for it too. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like what we talked about with Jack in our last episode. 
It's like, hmm, do you think this business should be treated as a business or what, what do you think? You know, it's like, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, as soon as we're signing right. up, I, I'm going to go right back to Uniswap and buy it there. That's just how it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think this is also just like setting the stage for. I don't know, like five years down the line, 10 years down the line, whenever they inevitably become a security officially, and they can also like route fees back to their uh, token holders and like all this kind of stuff. Um, I think that's all coming um, many years yeah, from now. I mean, you many would legal think battles that, from now. Yeah, I guess it's easy. I mean, technically it's easier to just route it to the token holders directly, right? Um, yeah. This is like an extra step to like send it off chain or whatever, but um, hmm. yeah, but several legal battles for now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right, Matt, you got anything else? No, that was, that was really fun. We haven't done a recap in a minute. Yeah, it is good to be back. Cool. All right. All right. Well, we'll be back in a few days with our next deep dive um, and with our next guest later on in the week as well. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, stay decent. <laughs>